Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. Finally, we're back, the House Divided podcast, that is. Uh, I am the Michigan host, uh, Brendan, and Jeremy is our Michigan State co- uh, coach. <laughs> Look at that. It's preseason, so none of this actually counts. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? <laughs> Doing good, man. I was trying to remember what we talked about the last time we did a show, and I think it what was it right after Michigan hockey eliminated MSU and uh, uh, yeah, I think that was it. And that was the end of the hockey season yeah. <laughs> for both of us. Yeah. We talked about that. And then I think we talked about what was going to happen going into the big 10 tournament, which we are still waiting to see if we are correct about. I mean, we, I saw Fred Hoiberg almost die. It, it looked like he was dying yeah. at the big 10 tournament, oh, but that was about it. I forgot that they actually played those games until you said that, and I forgot that he did that. That was the most, that was the most surreal night ever of just channel surfing from Rudy, the Rudy Gobert news in the NBA, and then flipping over and watching Fred Hoiberg look like he was dying of COVID on the sidelines. Uh, it, yeah, it was a tipping point in our year, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember I was at work when it happened at the movie theater and it was a really slow night and I was working at the bar. And so I had the game on television and it was just surreal to me seeing as I'm reading through my timeline that the NBA is canceling their season and the, or postponing and the NHL was do, about to do the same thing and looking up at the screen and there's a bunch of rabid, I think it was, uh, it was Nebraska and Indiana, if I recall correctly fans i can't remember who they were playing it was indiana or illinois but either way they were all just packed in like sardines to the arena and i was (laughs) reading what was happening on my phone and looking up at the tv and it didn't feel like real life it was weird well yeah and i think like during that game they announced that if there was games the next day there was no fans so oh yeah they did get it in one last time yeah yeah, and I mean, little did we know that was the last sporting event that you know either one of us could have attended. I guess because uh, there has not been much. Although you're going this weekend, so yeah, I'm going to take my first ever trip to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, shout out to Yost Built on Twitter because he got me into IndyCar over the pandemic, and now uh, so now I'll be going to that. And I'm super excited. Uh, 10,000 fans there in a place that seats 250,000. So sounds like they're doing everything right. Masks are going to be required the entire time you're there. They're giving out masks and hand sanitizer. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool event. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I still have not, have not been back. So uh, still waiting to see what my first thing will be. But uh, anything a lot of web watching. Anything interesting happened in your life over the any anything significant while we were gone? Oh man, yeah. Uh, you know, about three days before our capital was overtaken by uh, some anti-mask protesters, my son was born. So that was pretty <laughs> no fun. Idea. Uh, I had no idea yeah. that those were so close together. Oh, it was close enough that, so we brought my son home on Monday, and I think that protest was Tuesday or Wednesday, and it shut down the road that we drove out of to get my son out of there. So it would have been, uh, you know, I probably would have been on the news for other reasons 
uh, had that protest happen as I'm trying to leave with my son after three days in the NICU. <laughs> um, but yeah, had a child in August, in April 10th. Everything's been perfect since then. Uh, you know, he is now officially started to see sports for the first time, which is good because the Red Sox season didn't happen. I don't know why he'll say that it did. Uh, Mookie Betts is still a Red Sox player, and I'm really looking forward to next year now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it was an interesting summer. Just a lot of working from home and learning how to uh, do a job while also bounce a baby on my knee as you yeah, try and keep him quiet. Um, but a pretty, pretty interesting summer, but it's, it's nice to finally feel like uh, my body clock is still off that we're talking preseason football on October 1st. But it's better than the alternative, right? Oh, yeah, it is. So let's talk about that. This kind of has to do with our, our summers because I spent the entirety of the summer expecting no Big Ten football season for my own mental health. Um, and just because I'm a little bit pessimistic, uh, I, I really tried not to get my hopes up and kind of had that be the plan. So when they canceled it in late July or early August or whenever they did, I really didn't even care, unlike most of the people I saw. Like, I saw a lot of people being hurt, and I was just kind of like, eh, yeah, this was going to happen. And uh, so with the development of the rapid tests, obviously, and then being, uh, using that to come back, I got, like, one of my biggest moments of joy from sports because I literally did not anticipate this coming. It was – I was super happy. I never had to go through those miserable, like – month and a half where all the uh big 10 fans i know who expected a season were just so angry <laughs> never had to go through that so this is pretty good news for me <laughs> yeah yeah it was one of those where i uh you know tried to avoid social media on both ends of it like when it got canceled like let's try and avoid it to see the amazing hot takes or what got to be almost worse was the i told you so like that was uh yep the work yeah. experience on social media, like just let people grieve how they want to grieve. Uh, but um, yeah. And then when it comes back, you know, you can't be on social media saying you're happy that they came back. Cause uh, Brandon, the fact that they're playing football means that your grandma doesn't get a test or something like that. Right. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a complicated summer to figure out priorities. Um, but I'm like you, I'm, I'm just happy to see it come back. And I think I'm happier to see it come back this way because I think that I'm actually pretty trusting that they're going to do this the right way compared to uh, if they just pushed ahead back in early September. I agree. They definitely – I mean, the way it happened and all the information that was constantly leaking, whether it be fake or real, the lack of communication officially coming from the Big Ten, they handled it like shit. So I'm not going to – I'm not going to say that, like, they were perfect, but I do feel more comfortable that they've always been throughout this process looking at what would be best for the athletes, I think. And um, I, in the, the plan that they laid out, it does make me feel probably more comfortable than I would have if they just did what uh, some of the other power conferences did and just say, ah, eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly, uh, you know, I don't think there's any, right way or wrong way to handle it um you know and you probably won't know that for years but i think i err on the side of the league that waited for having rapid daily testing over the i uh, will try it two or three times a week and see how that goes yeah 
Yeah, I agree. And um, honestly, from your perspective, you Michigan State really needed this season to happen. I mean, it, just in terms of implementing a new coach, right? I mean, this season might be miserable for like in terms of results if you choose to look at it that way. But I think it's so important for the future of Mal Tucker's program. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I think I think it could go. It could be something that becomes detrimental if they do just look completely non-competitive. But we've seen first-year coaches who come in and look completely uncompetitive. PJ Fleck has done that at a couple spots now, um, and they're still able to hit the recruiting trail and and get what they need to turn their program around. So I think, yeah, I think uh, he kind of hit a dry spell there in the summer of recruiting where it's just like until you have video of what he's doing and some type of tangible result, you just can't, you can't wait a year and a half on a debut. Um, so probably for the best that we get some type of fall season and, you know, and the more, uh, the more harsh side of it too is he can now evaluate his roster and maybe cause some roster churn that he couldn't do if he had to wait a year and a half because there's probably going to be some guys that should be looking to transfer out or move on, you know, from a fifth year and things like that. And that just wasn't going to happen with not playing. So now you get to expose uh, where are your issues, where are your holes at, and uh, really fill the roster out. So I agree. I think no season probably would have been the worst outcome, even if. Uh, it might feel better than like a two and six campaign. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how it works out. You, you know, ask me in uh, January if it was fun or not to watch the eight games or not. But at least it's, uh, I have to say, it does feel a lot better than like if we were having to wait this long for D'Antonio just to run it back this season. I don't even know how excited I'd be to actually watch the football games this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got to help the excitement level because, I mean, the results are probably going to be similar to what it would have been. I, I'm just assuming. So the fact that you're at least getting to see a new system be implemented. But, I mean, I just don't think you can underestimate the fact that they're going to get, hopefully, nine football, real football games in uh, with Mel Tucker as a coach, even if this is just a throwaway season. I mean, just getting that experience for all the players that are going to be back in 2021, it, it literally sets a rebuild forward a year by having that experience, in my opinion, I think. Um, so yeah. I, I think it's huge. Yeah, I it might not be fun at all. I would totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about perspective, right? I think, uh, you know, even on a normal timeline, you know, he wasn't hired on a normal timeline. So – uh, you know, coming in after signing day, basically. So even if we had the full 12 game season with the full off season, like Miami and BYU are looking pretty good. It probably would have been a pretty rough season uh, out of conference and in conference. So in a way, this might even be good that it reset fans expectations of like, take a second, think about how crazy this is that a guy who basically has had his first pad practice with his team six months into his day, is uh, you can't really judge them on wins and losses this year. So maybe it's good. Maybe it'll it'll reset people's uh, expectations. And now you know for sure that he can't get booed in Spartan Stadium in year one. That's a positive too. No. No, I, I mean, there might be some parents that are going to boo his decisions, but I think maybe they'll keep it quiet and not boo the stadium, right? 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Unless sure. Connor Cook's dad wants to come back and share his opinion. <laughs> or they do what they what Fox, I think, did for an Eagles game and just be super realistic with the fake crowd noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They could do that, right? Uh, At least we can both laugh. Where do you stand on that, by the way? What? How have you liked the fake crowd noises? Like, where are you on that? Like, let's talk yeah. about our sports enjoyment now. We've, we've got some Premier League experience. We've got uh, some NHL. Like, which one of you? Which one do you think has been done the best? So yeah, I um, I think what NBC has done with how they do the crowd noise for NHL and Premier League is really well done. I'm kind of in the middle on it because whenever I can hear the players communicating, I it. I really like that part. I do genuinely. It um, kind of enhances the experience for me, but I'm kind of in the middle on crowd noise. Like it's fine. It makes it definitely makes it feel more normal quote unquote, because our brains are super dumb. And if you present the visual with the, what sound should be there, it kind of makes you forget a little bit. So I like that portion of it, but I also like hearing the players communicate and, it doesn't hasn't really made a huge difference. I think not having fans hurt the NHL experience for me the most. I did find it a little bit harder to watch deeper into the playoffs where I think a lot yeah. of the time I get carried by the emotions of what's going on. And that was still there with the players. That's been huge for me is seeing – I never – want to hear again that like the professional players don't give a shit because if you watch nba nhl nfl any of these places where they're playing in an empty stadium the emotion feels the same they are putting everything into it so i've loved seeing that um but yeah i i think the nhl was hurt most by it i've loved the nba bubble uh i think they did probably the best but also i don't know it's hard to say yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I had the same problem in the NHL about the second round. I was kind of like, okay, the the novelty of it's finally back wore off and just seeing the same arena over and over. Like once we got out of the fact of like having a game on at 2 p.m., uh, once we went back to nighttime games, I was like, you know, it just doesn't pulling me in. Um, so I really didn't watch, watch much as we went into the conference final and the final. But uh, – yeah, I have to say, I the thing I miss the most probably about crowd noise is I can't look at my phone and just allow the crowd to let me know when I need to look up. I have to <laughs> actually watch. So it's probably helping my stream time a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's fun now. I think we get a couple of runbacks, right? Like, I got really excited to have the first sport back, which was Premier League and baseball. Um, and then now we almost have everything back. But now it'll be almost like another – another big boom when it's they're back with fans and that'll be uh that'll be when it feels like we're really back oh yeah for sure i mean yeah and we'll see how it'll still be you know obviously state by state for how many fans can come and what what situations are going to be and the waters going forward are really not that much clearer but i think we're, we're obviously closer to it happening and that feels better um can i talk about one thing about Michigan football real quick. Um, Let's do it. Joe Milton. So <laughs> this was my main thing with uh, football coming back that really made it real for me. 
was when the news came out that Joe Melton had beaten out Dylan McCaffrey and uh, Listen, he was they, transferring. Now, you I, need to get that news out in mid-September so that you can still beat the October 1st deadline of him winning the September Heisman. You stole that from and a tweet he, I made. I <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought of the same He's undefeated, Brendan. <laughs> when, I, when I saw that, like, they started throwing out quotes about Joe Melton being, uh, like, Cam Newton and somebody else. Like I was like, okay, oh. cool. so we're still winning. Oh, I gotta find that one. We're I believe still that was winning. My buddy Isaiah Hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still winning September Heisman, even though we don't play a game until October twenty fourth. That is right. Michigan will never lose the month of September. But yeah, but I genuine. think it was he's Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady, there was four quarterbacks, and I, I'm searching for the tweet now, but my God, it was just, it was a drill tweet, but for real. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Trying, and dude, it was fantastic. Dude, and I, I love it. I love the hype because this is so stereotypical Michigan. It's hilarious. But genuinely, I'm going to be real for a second. Like, I was a big fan of Dylan McCaffrey and everything that he showed me. Um, in his time at Michigan. I was excited for his era. However, I was also very excited for whenever Joe Milton was going to get his time. And Jim Harbaugh really hasn't made a ton of decisions in going with the younger QB. Um, So it it makes me feel better that Joe showed enough to beat Dylan McCaffrey, who I think had probably a pretty high floor and, uh, Joe beat him probably by, I, I'm assuming just the fact that he's a year younger and Dylan has real game experience, like in when the game matters, you would have to go out and beat him by a little bit, right? You couldn't just be in a dead heat and win the battle. So yeah, it, I figure I it figure got, it's got to be that, and just uh, we have to figure that uh, it's more of the Josh Mattis show, right? Like. Or Josh yeah. Gaddis, sorry. Wow. That's true. We're rusty. Uh, I think that, that kind of shines through for me is that maybe he's getting more of the actual choice of the offense because I would have thought Harbaugh would lean McCaffrey. But, um, you know, Gaddis uh, finished last season on a pretty good roll and sounds like he might be getting a little bit more control here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's exciting for sure. Um I obviously wish Nico was coming back. It sounds like he's not going to be. And obviously, Ambry Thomas has been confirmed not to come back. But I'm still pretty positive about this Michigan team. I'm trying to remove not how passionate I am about them, but how much I care about losses this year. So that's my goal for the year. If you have any, if you have any uh, goals for this upcoming sports season for college, let me know and we can keep each other accountable on the podcast. Jeremy, do not let me predict Michigan beating Ohio State. Don't. <laughs> Listen, you know, you know that state on December 1st will say that they can have 100% capacity in that stadium. You know they will. <laughs> You're going to have to go down to the shoe and play on December 12th or whatever it is in front of 100% capacity and uh yeah it, it don't even get your hopes up stop it i know i know well we'll talk about that in december because 
we're a long way and I am very much of the mindset right now that they're going to hang a hundred on us. So we, we don't have to talk me down yet. Good, good. Yeah. When you say it on a zoom conference call in front of the other coaches, I think Ryan day will actually have to drop a hundred on you. Yeah. If he drops, if they win like 80 to 42, then I'm going to call him a bitch. Be like, Hey, what the hell? You didn't, <laughs> you didn't deliver. What a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I have more things to talk about. Imani Bates. Congratulations. Woo! Yeah. And friends. Yeah, and friends. I, I don't want to neglect all the other fucking five stars you guys got. But uh Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, it was uh it was nice because I mean I think for about a year and a half to two years. I would say that there's a good majority of Slayer MSU fans that are like, yeah, we, we think Amani Bates is going to commit. Now, granted, if you put truth to him and us, we'd say, like, he probably won't come. Uh, but he'll commit, and just the commitment alone means that other people will want to come here who actually do show up. Um, but, you know, I would never put that out on Twitter because every other fan base thought it was just crazy to think that Amani Bates would even commit anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty fun little run there when we got – you know, all these commits rolling in. Um, and now it looks like the NBA is not going to change their rules. So they might actually all be on campus. Uh, so, yeah, time is going to be around for a few more years, I feel like. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Woohoo. Oh, you know, I can hear it in your voice. You record through the Josh Christopher saga either. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think we saved you there. Okay. Yeah. We saved you some pain. Man. Yeah, that one sucked. That one really sucked. I got so dummied there. Ugh. <laughs> if you had to lose them during a pandemic, you have nothing else to hold on to. I remember and uh I remember texting you when Sam Webb put his crystal ball in and I was like, dude, I can't believe this is for real. This is gonna be awesome. And uh I was fully convinced it was happening. That's a bummer. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to act complaining. Michigan has put together – Juwan Howard has put together some pretty good first couple recruiting classes. He's making waves, and I have no concern about his ability to recruit. Um, just what, an, what a weird summer for Michigan basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of an up-and-down ride for uh... – you get a Purdue transfer, then you don't get a Purdue transfer. <laughs> I know. You... It's crazy, man. Oh. It, it was a while. I don't even remember everything that happened. I mean, I don't know. I'm really excited about the upcoming year, though, uh, for basketball and obviously hockey. If anybody's uh, – another shout-out to Yost Bilt because he uh, has gotten my – I'm way on the Michigan freshman class hype train for this upcoming hockey season because they're going to murder some people. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I don't know how far down the, uh, the path the decision is, but if you do see a hockey season this year, it's looking like it's going to be a bubble, um, which might just help Michigan out because those freshmen aren't going to get wore out from a full season. I'm guessing it's going to be a bubble and a much shorter a lot more games, but in less of a season. So uh, less time to stretch out your year and get a little wore out or hit your freshman wall. So I just could play right in the Michigan fans. 
I just need games. I need I I want there to be a trophy to have an opportunity to compete for for them because I mean I don't know how many of them will stay for a second year out of the freshman class because a couple of them are projected top ten picks in twenty twenty one but uh yeah and I need the opportunity to see Johnny Beecher with all of them because he was so good his freshman year and uh, I was really excited for a sophomore version of that. Uh, but I'd take a bubble. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know if it would be like a Big Ten bubble or something larger? Yeah, so so the only proposal that has actually come public was, I want to say, either Hockey East or ECAC basically talked about taking their league and splitting it into two two bubbles that you just kind of play the same teams over and over. Um, so you have a lot less cross-contamination. Um, the Big Ten's only a 17 league, so they could do that. Uh, so, yeah, what I'm hearing is just a Big Ten bubble. I don't think there will be any out-of-conference play for college hockey this year. You don't, you're, um, No postseason, you're thinking, even? Well, postseason, I think, will happen. But I think for as far as a regular season, every league is going to go Oh yeah, just I, based on I their agree. league. Um, I would assume that they're going to do a, a postseason. They might end up having to do uh, – uh, either a smaller postseason or again just a full bubble one site get through the entire postseason so you don't have teams traveling in or out or going to different regions um, but that's how I would imagine it's going to go uh, obviously the postseason is in March or April so we don't know where we'll be at by then but um, I wouldn't imagine like regional sites and and things like that so uh, there will probably be some gap of time where you quarantine leading up to the national tournament and then just play the national tournament right through. Yeah. Well, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I, I'll take any hockey or basketball or football season I can get uh, this academic year, obviously considering yeah. circumstances. So I'll be happy with what the, I, if I get to watch Michigan. The fun part. Yeah, you got The ahead. fun part will be when there's a, uh, a hockey game, on a Tuesday at noon and the BTN still finds a way to play, you know, I don't know, an Illinois football replay. So yeah, uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be when I get to lose my, have my coronary. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I, I'm just, it, it feels good to be podcasting again. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. We're going to have college sports soon. I mean, I know we have college sports now. I just don't really care about the big 12 or SEC or ACC. I tune in occasionally, but it just I, – I haven't really been able to get into a lot of stuff that my teams aren't participating in. I've watched the Tigers a bit, um, like not a lot, not regularly even, but, you know, bits and pieces of a lot of games, a couple of complete games. Um, I've watched the Lions. I can watch the Lions. Everton are the greatest soccer team to ever touch a ball, so I've been watching them. Um <laughs> See, I think you've I think you've hit on the main thing. I think what this taught me is I can't watch things with no rooting interest when there's no fans. That's like a good I usually am all about watching the FTC. I can't watch the FTC when it's just you know, I mean I, I watched it last weekend, but I think once the Big Ten starts, I'll ha- I'll watch all the Big Ten games I can, but I'm not gonna care about what's going on around it when uh when there's no fans. So, you know, watching, you know, like, I mean, watching, uh, 
watching two colleges that I just don't have anything about with no one in the stands, not that interesting. So, yeah, I mean, same with NFL. Like, I've been watching bits and pieces of games. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It's it also has to do for me with the fact that I have gotten into motorsports a pretty good amount since this happened and so i have other stuff to watch on the weekends now if i'm choosing so if i'm choosing between two sec teams i don't care about or watching the race where it's a bunch of drivers that i all know that's getting picked usually now so i don't know i'm still a sports fan don't know anybody worry about me i i still love all the other sports yeah for sure for sure i'm still still ready to go back but i think it's uh it showed me that like at the beginning of this, when we came back, it was, I just need, I need anything. I'll yeah. watch anything. And now it's like, I'm starting to get picky again of like, okay, well, can I get something like a little more with some juice and some fans I mean, and some, some, you, some stuff like that going on. You can't really blame us. It's kind of like sensory overload. Like we went from no sports at all to now every single sport you can think of as fitting in what they missed. And like it's just it's hectic. It uh, it definitely lessens the blow of the Stanley Cup final when I could also turn over and watch the NBA finals, or I could watch uh, the Premier. I mean, like the Premier League is not something you could watch. Football is not something you could watch. We're into the MLB playoffs now too, like during when normally you'd have the Stanley Cup finals. So it's like it's there's so much sports to watch i think it's lessened the blow of the key events because they're just all happening at the same time for sure for sure yep and it's uh it's been fun just to have it have it back like you said it's just fun to be podcasting again and uh have something to look forward to it it definitely is october 24th can't get can't come here soon enough and uh I will tell you one thing, though. The thing about football season is wanting it to get here so quick has always played into me like just being miserable because I wished away the whole summer so I could get to football season. And now it's even worse because I'm about to wish away the last couple semi-warm months we're going to get <laughs> for half a year. And then we're, I'm going to be like, yay, football, and also it's snowing. <laughs> hey, at least you don't have to tailgate any of them, right? Like, <laughs> well, I never had to. <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. But Listen, yes, man, it's a. I just pulled up the week one slate, and I'm already excited. I get to watch Ohio State just obliterate Nebraska. That is going to feel so true. Must see TV. Oh my god, I'm just gonna feel so so much satisfaction. The Huskers are gonna get what they wanted. They wanted a season. They wanted it so bad, and it's just oh. Talk about hitting 100. I hope Ohio State just hits 100. Yeah. <laughs> when the schedule came out, I was like, man, I saw a bunch of people saying that Nebraska fans were going to complain about their schedule after getting football back. And I was like, no, they're not. They're not going to go and think the Big Ten screwed them because they want their fans and staff wanted football back. And then, like, half an hour later, I was scrolling through Twitter and saw that they were – being like that and uh it i mean nebraska fans are also like donald trump completely incorrectly thinking they brought big 10 football back <laughs> yeah you know what i also enjoy i think what 
we've talked a lot about what we learned in this uh, pandemic, like what we like, what we don't like, what we really can't live without. You know who won this pandemic? I think Rutgers won this pandemic because I don't really want to kick them out of the league nearly as much as I want Nebraska gone. Yeah. So good on you, Rutgers. You didn't embarrass yourself. Way to go. You were quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You were the correct – you were a pledge, and you kept your mouth shut. Good job. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nebraska fans have always – and it's crazy because they come to your stadium, and they're like the nicest people ever, the nicest opposing fans you've ever talked to. And then you get on Twitter, and they are just like – the worst fan base in the Big Ten. Yeah. And their leadership. Yeah, I think they are. And their leadership just had to constantly just be, I don't know. I'm not going to say irresponsible because I, I don't know enough to make that claim on record, but just annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's going to be, like, I'm looking at week one. And you know that I'm jonesing for Big Ten football when I'm looking at it like, hey, Maryland at Northwestern might not be that bad. Okay. Is that – wait. No, it'll be that bad. Who do you guys it'll play be that bad. No, we play Rutgers. I was saying Maryland at Northwestern, though. Like, you are not going to watch that. I <laughs> Listen, Maryland at Northwestern is the Tuesday, Tuesday lunch crowd at the strip club where you just – you go. You can't be too picky, Brendan. It's, it's noon. Okay. Sure, she's got some scars. But it's new. Okay. But also, you have Michigan, Minnesota. Your own team is going to be playing. You have Ohio State, Nebraska over on Comedy Central. Like, there's only so much daylight. (laughs) Oh, God. You can't can't watch every Big Ten game. (laughs) No. But I do want to see the Northwestern strength coach and see how crazy he's going to be after about nine months of not working, right? So, Oh, that's a good point. That's a good <laughs> we point. are back, Brendan. Uh, week one, and we're talking strength coaches on I, brand. I can't wait. I, I, I seriously can't wait for week one. I would rather Michigan not play Minnesota week one, but it is what it is. I'd rather be able to watch them lose than not watch them at all. I mean, it's going to be a pretty fun experience to watch P.J. Fleck with an empty crowd still be P.J. Fleck. That's true. Like, that's going to be funny to me. Yeah. I'm interested to see how the Little Brown Jug celebration goes, if there's any – I don't know. It's going to be cool. I mean, I can't wait to see I'm it. interested to see how many cardboard P.J. Fleck cutouts are in P.J. Fleck Stadium. <laughs> oh, man. That would be great, wouldn't it, if they just filled up an entire section of P.J. Fleck's? I know P.J. Fleck would like it. Oh, I'm sure P.J. Fleck would like it. <laughs> There's nothing he loves more than himself. Man, so. no better. He knows they're going to get amped up properly when he wants them to because they're him. <laughs> I want to see one team just blow their whole budget this year, which, I mean, their budgets are obliterated, so who cares? Let's keep losing money and buy the technology for the Tupac hologram from, like, Coachella a few years ago. <laughs> And just do all hologram fans. <laughs> well, I was thinking that PJ Fleck would force Minnesota to, if they're going to pipe in some fake crowd noise, uh, it's just him yelling the <laughs> layered <laughs> over top of himself. So it's like a hundred or a thousand wrong. of him yelling. No, that's wrong. You know that would be Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably. Just that. 
who's better than us? Who's got better than us on loop for three hours? Yeah. You know, I dig it. Why not? We're we're trying weird things this year. Let's go yeah. for it. Hey, companies are gonna figure out if people can work remote. Let's try some fun things. You know oh, you know why I'm gonna watch Maryland at Northwestern, Brendan? Because I need to see that stadium, which is always pretty much empty except the road fans. But I need to hear that like that nineteen ninety seven Giphy MIDI file of that rah for a first down <laughs> to a completely empty stadium. I hope And they... I just need to see it hype. <laughs> oh man. This is gonna be so freaking weird. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are back, Brendan. We are back. 2020. Embrace the weird. 